Bibles and stand with me this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second part in, what are you doing? Anybody do that to any cars this week besides me? I, just, just tell me. I wish there was an intercom system, you know, like the OnStar, where you could point it to the car and go, what are you doing? Get, I would, I'd love to beam it right in. What are you doing? So what is that? What's he talking about? You, you weren't here last week. I hope the lake was wonderful. Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter 5. If you're there, say amen. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, our physical bodies, do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that had wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of his spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And by the way, just side note, see, that is not part of the prosperity gospel. We walk by faith, not by sight. The context is, I know that the real me won't be me till I get home. And I can't see home, but I know home is there. I can't see God, but I know God is there. So while we're groaning in this world, we don't fit, we don't fit. We close our eyes. Sometimes you have to close your eyes so you can see. And you close your eyes and you say, I know whom I believed in. I know where I'm arriving at. Okay, so that's what that means. We are confident and willing, though, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor. We're not laboring to enter into grace. We're laboring from grace. We're not working toward salvation. We're working from salvation. We labor, whether absent or present, we may be accepted of him, or we might find, he might find pleasure in us. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, the things you did for the name of Jesus, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto your conscience. You may be seated in God's presence today. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online and watch it or download it or have a CD or DVD so that you can stay current with us. I also want you to begin reading Ephesians chapter 1, our first two Sunday nights beginning September 9th. We're going to do a review of chapter 1 and then we go into chapter 2. So be reading your uh, Ephesians and your book for Wednesday night. When I asked the question last week, what are you doing? What are you doing with the gifts and talents God has given you? What are you doing with the health that you have, with the strength that you have? What are you doing with the years that God has given you? What are you doing with the opportunities to grow, to excel, and to serve? What are you doing as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ? What are you doing with your calling, with your assignments, with your vows, the promises you made unto God that I'll give you my life to be poured out, I offer you it all? What, what are you doing? with your testimony and what are you doing with your voice 
In this day and age, there's nothing more urgent today for the Christian. Tolerance is not what is needed. We need to step up, step out, stand out, and speak up in love. Speak the truth in love. So we discussed that last week. What are you doing? And I want to speak this week not to the believers that aren't active. And by the way, you should have a this. I'm doing this. Paul said, I follow after Jesus that I might apprehend that for which I've been apprehended of God in Christ Jesus. Why did you grab me, Lord? Why did you save me? Why did you set me free? Why did you put deposits in me? Why did you put yearnings and longings? Why did you put that sweet spot in me when I'm doing something for your name? I just know it's there. And if you, you don't have that, if you haven't found out what that is and turned it into a this, now it's not limited to this only. Like I am a preacher, that is why he apprehended me. But I'm also a father. I'm also a friend. I'm also a mentor. I'm also a giver. There's other things that we do, but you can't, you can't have the apprehension without having a this. That don't, that don't make any sense. The first words we discussed last week that Paul or Saul spoke to Jesus on the Damascus road, he said, who are you? And he said, I'm the Lord. And he goes, what would you have me do? Like once I know you, once I know you, like I've become born again, once I am alive in you, all of that is of grace, not of what? Not of works, nothing you can do. Now having that done, now I need to work to show evidence of the eternal reality of salvation in my life. So today I want to ask you, how are you doing it? What you do for the Lord how are you doing it? And no one can grade you accurately but you. Are you doing it willingly? 1 Corinthians 9.16 should be on your screen. Listen to this. Paul was speaking of his own life. He said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity has been laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Now watch this. This is so enlightening. For if I do this thing, what thing? The preaching, the teaching, the birthing of churches. If I do it willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, only a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge. And that I abuse not my power in the gospel. So, Brother Wood, what's he saying? Is he saying that no ministers should be supported? No missionaries should be supported? Or we should never uh, receive? No, because he also teaches, do not muzzle an ox as it's treading out the grain. Here's what it means. That a preacher, pastor, musician, worship leader, the deciding factor, there should be no, this is what I charge. If God chooses to support me through ministry, wonderfully. Early on, he chose not to. And I preached everywhere. I preached in the prisons. I preached to old people that didn't know I was in the room. I preached to deaf people without an interpreter. That didn't go well. I preached. I preached. I just preached. And Paul said, but if I do it willingly, there's great reward. And so a minister doesn't go into an interview, supposedly, and say, what are you offering? What is the package he goes in praying, Lord, is this my next assignment? So no matter what you do, I want to do this thing willingly. Do you do it out of constraint? 
out of guilt. See, we know that we're going to be rewarded, but we can't do it for that. I have the knowledge. Listen, I have the knowledge that God is going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I got it. I also know that whatever I sow, I reap. If I sow kindness, I reap kindness. Maybe not from the same person. Can I have an amen? But you, you'll, you'll reap it somewhere. And if we sow uh, to the Spirit, we'll also reap of the Spirit. So I know that when I give to the Lord of my resources, I know it's coming back. But that's not why I give. I give to honor the Lord. And it's willingly. When God says, will you help? How many of y'all got more than two kids? Are they different? Oh, I love them all the same. I don't. I love the one that does right. I, I mean, I love them all. You know what I'm saying. But I take more delight in one. And you say, uh, I'll just give you an example. Y'all pray for Izzy. She's coming on strong. She's trying to catch up. Olivia, will you go to your room? And, and will you go ahead and make your bed? Look you right in the eye. Yes, sir, Daddy. And go up. Isabel. Isabel. I'm coming. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Do you realize in my generation you'd have been in ICU? Did you, do you understand? Don't talk like that. And they both go, Izzy stomp, let's just hypothetically, she stomps up the stairs. She makes her bed. And they're really kind of similar. The closets are kind of similar. Guess who gets the reward and guess who just gets a dispensation of cleaning the room? That's what he says. He said, not only do I know what you're doing, I know how you do it. I know they had to beg you. I know they made an appeal and all the way home in the car, you went, seems to think somebody'd step up. But if somebody ain't stepping up, hey, don't step up. I'm telling you as the pastor, I'd rather close the thing down than have someone that had to be drugged to do something for Jesus. Just a thought. Oh, it's good. You can clap. It's good. This is good. Are you doing it soberly? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I know those of you that are engaged in different levels, but when there are people here bivocational that spend more time in their ministry than they do in their vocation. I mean, their life is consumed, and we've got Sunday school teachers and intercessors and worship leaders all throughout. You understand that if you don't know this, you will soon learn it, is that when you have great plans for God that he's birthed in you, the devil has great plans for you. He is coming after your wife. He's coming after your children. He's coming after your marriage. Because Paul says, when he speaks about, now be sober, be on the lookout. And the same afflictions that are happening all over the world are going to happen to you. And to the minister, they're not more valuable a minister, those spending their life ministering, but they're more strategic. The value of a soul is that Christ would die for it. But if you have one person uh, preaching in the prisons, you have one person teaching the children, teaching generation after generation. You got kids, kids, kids coming up into the full knowledge of Jesus Christ and somebody else that's deciding on if they go to church when they get up based on how they feel. If you were a strategist, who would you attack? 
this one making no effect, that can clearly articulate what God has done for them, but cannot tell you anything they are doing for God. I know that's heavy, but it's the truth. If I were the devil, I'd say, well, leave him alone. He ain't making no effect. But that lady that's taught those six-year-olds, this is her sixth year, and those kids, there are some of them filled with the Spirit, and they talk in tongues in their bedroom. It's happening. Go after her. i got to be sober. Paul was beaten and flogged and was harassed based upon... See, the devil wasn't there for the revelation that Paul had, but he was there to see the expression of that revelation. And demons testified of Paul. They said, Jesus we know and Paul we know. But spoke to those, who are you? Does hell know your name? I, I'd like to think that hell says, he just frustrates us to death. I'd like to think that John would do something. Oh, listen, I'm not any more a martyr than y'all. But if you don't believe in the spiritual realm and principalities and powers, give your life to ministry. That's all I'm saying. Give your life to unwed mothers or get, spend your life teaching the word of God or preaching the word of God or praying or going into prison. The devil will go, hey, is this where you live? Oh, good. Yeah, come on. Come on in. And you're under attack. So be sober. Oh, the devil can't do nothing to me. I'm born again. You know, you heard me say that guy that got up and preached that the devil ain't got no more teeth. Jesus pulled them all at Calvary. And the next guy got behind him and said, not to have no teeth. He sure is gumming a lot of folks to death. <laughs> I am aware that I am not an unsinkable vessel. I am aware. I am aware. Look at me. I am aware that I am capable of doing anything. So I better be near Jesus, filled with Jesus, and watching. It's the punch you don't see coming that gets you. But if I see you coming, because if I'm walking in the light, any darkness that comes my way, I can see it. But if I'm walking in between, I might not see that shadow that's coming after my baby. Are you, are you doing what you're doing soberly? Let her see. Are you doing it worshipfully? Can people look on your life and let's say they look at teaching or preaching or, or ministering to children, whatever you do to the glory of God, could they say of you accurately, that's worship to them? Not chores. There are chores in the kingdom, but you can worship doing chores. I told you several years ago when I was in Eldama Ravine, Kenya, and you guys allowed me to go and be with Pastor Hassar and Evelyn Omega, the thing that struck me the most it, there were several things, but that they would walk miles and miles to come to church. One guy rode these little, uh, they share motorcycle rides, and they'd have like an old Volkswagen Vanagon with like 30 people in it. Seriously. And it took him six hours to get to church. He heard there was a crusade, and he was a friend of the pastor. So anyways, all of that. But here's what got me. Evelyn would sweep her dirt floor. She had uh, pieces of straw that were uneven and it was wrapped with string and she would spend the morning humped over with a little cloud and she would sing. And it would make me, I'm being honest, we had to go, John, who are you? What, what is wrong with you? 
You see, worship dignifies and elevates all that you do for God. The lady sweeping the floor had a more acceptable offering than the man on the platform. You see what I'm saying? Is it worshipful? We really want to thank you for teaching our kids grief. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. But ain't why I do this. I love these babies. These are God's children. And I take care of God's children. We teach them. And we love on them. That's my joy. When you see, have you ever had somebody give you something and you felt worse after they gave it to you? You just want to go, just take it back. Not strings attached, but just here. And then somebody else is at your birthday or Christmas or something. And you're about to open a gift and they're going... Open, open, open. And they did it joyfully. Don't you think the Lord can discern between that? Uh, I got to get up. This is my Sunday to greet. <laughs> Please stay home. Please. You don't have a reward anyway. And you're killing us. Well, Pastor John, that's no way to grow a church. I'm not trying to grow a church. I'm not trying to grow us out. I'm trying to grow us up. That'll preach too. You want something to go study in your quiet time, look up in the book of Genesis, the story of Abram, and when God asked him for his son, his only son, that he waited 25 plus years on, and he saddled up the donkey. When God told him, he said, early in the morning, he obeyed him immediately. He saddled the donkey and took the wood and uh, took the fire, took all the necessary things, and his boy turned to him and said, uh, Daddy, I see this. I see the donkey and I see the, the wood and the, the rope. But where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide a sacrifice. And they walk. And as they got close to the mountain, here's what he said. And I want you to do a study on it and stare at it. This, John, take Elisha and put him on a campfire. And run this dagger through his heart and set him on fire. And Abram said to the people with him, he said, you stay here. The lad and I go yonder to worship. What? There are levels in your giving that transcend human understanding. The highest level of service is grateful worship. It's seeing who you are. I'm not going to give you nickels when I have quarters. I'm not going to shortchange you, oh Lord. I'm, I want to be... See, I know God's been rich to me, but am I being rich to the Lord? Is it worship? Is it worship to get on the leadership team with the students when you are worn out and you get here at 5 and leave at 10 or 11 just so some teenager who gets... 50 hours a week of media and television that's contrary to the scriptures for them to get that hour, hour and a half of God and God's spirit and your countenance and your love. And you said, Lord, with joy, I, I, God, you ought to still be here. Your pastor, I've done this so long now, I'm not always there, but it is, it is a standard for me. If I ever lose the, the feeling of, God, you'd let me do this? I am nobody special. Just to have a hat and a jersey and go, you picked me against the backstop? All these intellectual, academic, skilled communicators, and here's this little freckle-faced boy, you know, short as everybody. Because I'll take Runt over here. I'll take this boy. Well, Runt was a long time ago, y'all. I'm not, you know, filled out now a little bit. But I'll pick him. The awe of it all. 
the awe that God would let you come to a prayer meeting in this church. When our prayer meetings start back up, I asked you several years ago, if this is your church, these are your prayer meetings. I asked you for one a month. Do I have the right to ask? No. But as your pastor, I ask you for one a month to come. Last year, we averaged about five at prayer. I'm going to ask you again. Because I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. It's all right. I've been saying it for 23 years. I'm just going to say it. You know what the scripture says? I have believed, therefore I have spoken. So when you believe, I believe our church at the beginning of summer, a, a chapter turned. I feel it in my spirit. It's like heaven opened and a, a door closed behind us. Does anybody else sense it? It's like God saying, come out deeper. Come on, come on, come on. Show me, I'll fill you. Ask me, I'll do this. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And nothing will happen if we can't pray. And what we pray for when we come together, and you may think this is selfish, we're not praying for everybody else. We're not praying for, we're praying for this local body that we would come into what he wants us to be and make a difference and to shout his name through the city of Macon and beyond. Do you do what you do worshipfully? Letter D, do you do it faithfully? Moreover, it's required of stewards to be found faithful. Faithful. Faithful to be there. Faithful to be prepared. Faithful to be excellent. Faithful to follow through. Faithful. Are you doing it rightly? When God told you. Where God told you. According to the pattern God told you. See, if I do the right thing at the wrong time, it's the wrong thing. If I do the right thing in the wrong way, it's the wrong thing. Do you understand how important it is to do right, do it right? Okay, who's instruction people and who are, I can wing it people. Okay, all right, I'm looking for honest answers. Who in here has that knack and ability that without instructions, I can, I can put it together? I want to Honestly, raise your hands. Okay. Who are the people that think they're that person? And when you get done, oh, don't come home from Ikea and put something together. You have like 11 parts, not a washer, long bolts. <laughs> and if, you know, a, a, the, I'm not going to say who did it. But you built a little bookcase and the rough press board end is sticking out showing and the other kind is inside, hidden. And then the person says, I ain't taking it apart now. That'll just do it. And they'll get a magic mark on there and draw it in. The first thing you do, people like me walk in and go, who painted your thing with a Sharpie? You see it first off. Are you doing it rightly? My wife told me when I was dating her, and I don't see her mother here. And she would be not happy if I said it. But Kelly said... My mama raised us by herself, and she said, I don't remember a Sunday school teacher without my mama being in there. She said she would talk about the missionaries to a certain place, and she would be at home, and she would look up the foods that they eat, and she would make the foods the night before. She would look up the customs and the practices. And I, my other sister is here, uh, Leanne. I just, I just want to brag her. It's just the truth. Brian told me when she first stepped down years ago, she was our worship pastor for a decade and step down to be at home. And then when she helps with the children's church, he said, John, 
she will spend as much time preparing the children's church worship set than she will here in the church. See, when you do it rightly, I understand then that you, you're not doing it based on need or anything else. It's your offering. I'm not going to build you a dresser, Lord, and color in the piece. If I do it wrong, I'll undo it, put it back together, and do it right. Because I'm not going to offer you junk. I want it to be good. I want it to be right. Because it's for you. For the king. Now, there are exceptions to doing it right. What? I'm glad you asked. I'll stick with Diane. She is a baker. Oh, Diane. If Diane... She just cooked. It's just good. My mama, everybody's mama cooks the best. I got two that can cook. But I walked in Diane's house one day and she had cooked this homemade white chocolate cake. The icing is like, and it vanishes. Just light. Oh, she is in the trash. And I said, what meaneth this? I was King James, you know. Hey! You don't. Guys, if you're over 220, you don't throw nothing away. Check with us. <laughs> don't throw nothing fried away or cake. It might be something we can salvage. Don't. And I asked her, I said, what, 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 what mean it this? What are you doing? She goes, it didn't look good. There are exceptions. You don't want to take this to the farthest rule and say you can't do it. It has to be right. If, it, if it's edible, it's right. Me, fellas, will you back me up? Can I have amen? Okay, yeah. If it's, if, it's, if it's close, if it's cooked, if it don't have salmonella, we're good. Okay. Are you doing it meekly? What do you mean by meekly, Pastor John? I mean with the attitude, mindset, and countenance, your expression, that you do not feel worthy to do it. If something happened to me and I were to perish and the Lord brought in someone else or you went to another church, I'm asking you as your shepherd, listen, I don't care how eloquent, I don't care how articulate and how seemingly anointed they are. If you're sitting under the ministry of someone that is celebrity or uh, carries them himself in such a way that you have the idea or feeling that you're lucky to hear from them, run. Because that's the opposite of who Jesus Christ was. Though he was God, he thought, and it was not robbery to think himself as such. He humbled himself and abased himself and came to this earth and took the form of a servant and washed our feet and hung naked and died alone for our sins. Therefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Anyone that does their ministry with a, you're lucky to have me, you're not so lucky. There's no anointing there. Well, I sensed it. It was a familiar spirit. The devil can appear as an angel of light. Don't just take your feeling you know, you say, well, I felt it. Well, I feel it when Aretha hits a note, but it's not the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, I felt that. Or Hallmark movies. You kind of have the same reaction, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Meekness. Meekness. Where someone like a King David would view himself as, who am I? Who am I, oh Lord, that you'd let me shepherd your people? Who am I? 
He was asking. It wasn't false humility. He goes, do you know me? That you would let me serve your children? You would let me clean your church? You would let me, Lord, do this? God, I want you to know that I know who I am. Listen to this verse. This is from the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, I'm sorry. This is from the Gospel of Luke. This is the words of Christ. Luke 17. Jesus says, Will any of you that has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he's come in from the field, Come at once and sit at the table. Would you not rather say, Go prepare supper for me and dress it properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you've done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. I am an unprofitable servant at best. But I thrill at the idea that he would let me do it. And if I ever come across as any other way to you, if you think, if you feel in your spirit that I lord something over someone or act haughty, then I'm, I want you to come to me and take care of me and look after my soul because you, anointing won't sit on that. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care how many people are in their church. It won't sit on that. The dove will not land on death. The dove from the ark had to wait till life come up out of the water and then brought back the branch and said, now we found something we can rest upon. If there's any, y'all don't deserve me. They're right. Unless, of course, it's judgment. And God will send you celebrities as judgment who have, an, have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And for the minister, the power is not found just in the supernatural gifts. The power is found in their desire to be invisible so that God will receive the glory. Thank you, sir. Are you doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit? Now, some of us have stepped out and tried something bigger than us. We've tried something outside ourselves. I call it being a possum for the Lord. So you're, here's the road. I'm trying to get to Jeff. And you run out and what happens? Boom! And you're like, oh, this is serious. Or it, and you volunteer to do something for the Lord and it costs more than you thought you would pay. And it keeps you longer than you thought you would stay. And then, horror of horrors, it is so difficult that it exposes the real you. I know I asked you for these children, Lord, but I changed my mind. <laughs> Elisha asked me to pray for him to have a little brother, and Kelly and I did. We did. We prayed, God. But only if it's your will, Lord. Serious now. I mean, for real. <laughs> Y'all forgive me. That's how I process script. I, it has to be. It, well, let me get back to my notes. When you're serving the Lord and you serve him faithfully and you serve him consist consistently, the Bible said to him that hath what? More will be given. So every time the Lord gives you more capacity, you have more opposition and you have more cost. And before long, like, and I, I hope this is, Father, I hope this is not wrong. This is my understanding. I don't have to have the power of the Holy Spirit 
to sweep my office with a vacuum cleaner. But to do anything in your life, I do. Anything. Any encouragement, any prayer, any instruction. If I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, it is useless. It's worthless. Because the letter killeth, but it's the Spirit that quickens and gives life. I am, when I'm preaching, or any vessel that when they're preaching, there's supposed to be the Word delivered with the Holy Spirit and that man's spirit connecting to God's spirit and your man's spirit, letting you know this is possible, this is allowable, this is permission. And you say, well, if John can do this, you see, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, we can't just go in the prisons and change lives on this Kairos weekend. What am I going to say? They've heard it all. What am I? They were raised in church. We got pastors' daughter. Lord, help us. Help and see for the servant. Christianity today teaches us how to to get from God for us. Help me out of this. Get me over this mountain. Get me this possession. But for the person doing works, they say, "Lord, this is greater than I am." How do you pastor? I don't know how to pastor. I'm learning a little bit. 23 years in, by the time I'm, I can't remember, I'll know how. And, but it, it stretches you and it pulls it out of you. Are you doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit? Or are you just throwing something together and doing the chore? Well, if you do the chore, God will see, well, you finished. Okay, no reward. No judgment, but no reward. I wonder this. If what you're doing does not require the Holy Spirit, then maybe what you're doing is really not worth doing. I need the Holy Spirit to minister to these seniors. I got, I mean, anybody, if I'm being honest, we can put on a a lunch or dinner. But can I love into that vacuum and void where the kids have stepped out? Can Can I touch that one that's lonely? Can I sit with that widow? God, help me. Help my smile to do something to help your daughter. Help, Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. In our teaching of Sunday school, help us, God. And that's why I want us to pray for our church. Because churches today don't have to have the Holy Spirit to do church. And it's not really church. (laughs) Got to be a move of the Spirit. That when you leave, you don't mention John's name or Ben's name. You get in the car and you go, darling, God was there today. Oh, I feel changed. I feel energized. I feel affected, encouraged. Pastor Ben, if you would come. Guys, days like today, I could preach all day, but those people watching your kids will be glad I didn't. So I'm thinking of them. Did I lose Ben? Is he coming behind me? Oh, there he is. This one's very, these last three very quickly. Are you doing it joyfully? Psalms 100, verse 2. I taught my girls uh, and Elisha partway. He gets it partway. He's only four. I taught them this verse today. Serve the Lord with gladness. Glad to be asked. Glad to be able to prepare. Glad to have the resources. Glad to share. Glad to serve. Glad to finish. Serve the Lord with gladness. You can fake a lot of things in this world. Have you ever had anybody try to fake glad? Hello. Welcome to JC Penny. You're like, you ain't happy to see me. And then you go to Sam's. Have y'all seen that African-American lady that's so sweet? You walk, well, 
Welcome to Sam's. I looked at her the other day. I said, I'm good. How are you? She goes, I'm real good. She's just as happy as you. I'll bet you she's a believer. I'll bet you she is. She's done found the key. If I'm glad, you can't reach me. You may be miserable. And when, that, when she greets them and they walk on, she goes, God bless that one's husband. Mm. Take care of him. She's mean. Are you doing it thoroughly? No shortcuts. I can't stand unfinished. A two-legged stool. A clock with no hour hand. Selling it at a garage sale. Lady, the thing don't have an hour hand. You know, wooden fork and spoon and two of the spindles are broke out the fork. Throw it away. It's not finished. Any of you guys ever took a piece of cake before it was finished out of the oven? Your wife said, don't touch it. Kelly tells me all the time, don't touch I mean, don't touch it. And you go into it, and it's just like oatmeal or goop or something. The ingredients are perfect, but it wasn't ready. It wasn't finished. Are you going to finish the work? Are you going to retire right before Jesus comes? Or are you going to retread and finish? I want to finish. Baby, I want to I don't know how long I have. I want to finish. Flaws and all. I understand that I'm not going to cross the finish line without flaws and insecurities and weaknesses and failures. I got it. But I want to run. I want to have my face set like a flint. I want my voice to be lifted. I want my arms to be busy. I want my wallet to be open. I want my house to be full. I want my affections to be free. I want to finish. Well done, now good and faithful servant. Not son. I am a son. That's what he did for me. But the reward awaits the servant. And finally, do it with all your might. All your might. I won't go into the story. I'm going to modify it into a 60-second thing, and then we're going to pray. Samson was known as one of the greatest tragedies in biblical history. So much potential, so much capacity. He could take the jawbone of a donkey on the side of the road and whip hundreds of men with it. The Spirit of God would come on him. He could rip the city gates out of the stonework, put them upon his head, and run for miles. And then we know Samson fell, gave his heart to a woman that he should not have been with. God forbade it. He lost his hair. He lost his consecration. But the Bible said he started to get it back. He started to turn back towards the Lord. And how be it the hair of his head began to grow again. And he began to be strong and strong. And they brought him out one day into this amphitheater. And it was filled with Philistines, the enemies of God. This isn't just mass murder. It's filled with people that raped their wives and raped their children and burnt their children on false god uh, idols in the arms of Molech evil, brutal people. And Samson with no eyes was led out and they were going to make sport of him at halftime. And he asked the boy that was leading him out, he said, would you just take me to the pillars? He kind of white lied, you know, so I can rest upon him. Or maybe doing the Lord's will was rest for him. Something to be theologically discussed later. So he got up to it and here's this man who had been grinding in a prison blind 
He smelt like the feces of the bin where the animals ground before him. And he said, Lord, remember me. And it said that he put his hands upon the pillars and he pushed with all his might. That is the first time that it ever said Samson did anything with all his might. And when you give it all you got, you can do more in that moment than you've done all the years before. I am asking you, will you give your life to Jesus Christ? Will you give your gifts to Jesus Christ? We're not talking about his cross and how he died for you. I'm talking to you about your cross and how you die for him. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? May, I get, may we get to the place where if somebody goes, what are you doing? I wouldn't have told you had you not asked, but let me tell you. I am making a difference for God and the kingdom of God. I am willingly, joyfully, thoroughly, adamantly, and with all my might being spent. So you may say at the end of your race, my time is spent, my hour is at hand. Therefore is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord is going to give me in that day. And not only me, but all that love is appearing. You know who loves his appearing? Those that are ready for it. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? It's time. Sharpen your tools. Get back in the game. Get back in the group. Serve the kids. Sing again. Pray again. Teach again. Open your home up again. Lead again. Enough with what's behind us. My Lord, don't, don't answer the trumpet of the Lord talking about long history ago. Talk about what you did yesterday and the day before. And if you ask the Lord, God, I give you my life, what would you have me to do? You don't ever have to search for it. He will show you that your that may become of this for the glory of the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? Kelly, would you come stand with me? Y'all be extra sweet to the people that watch their kids. We ran over six minutes. Tell them, you know how Pastor John is. I just love you. And I was thinking, this is truth, how you serve so much me and our babies and one of the things y'all didn't know is she served the Lord all over this church before she was a pastor's wife all over because she just loves the Lord and I just you're one of those people that serves and I just want you to pray over us Lord I thank you for this time of being together and hearing your words Lord thank you for the opportunity that we have to do it Lord, I pray that you would just nurture the seeds that you've planted in our hearts today, the way that you've stirred us, um, the ideas, Lord, that have come to mind as we've been listening to the sermon and the ways that we can serve, um, not for serving's sake, but for you and your sake, Lord God. And I just pray that you would keep on bringing those things to remembrance, Lord. Don't let us forget them, Lord. If we try and go other ways, Lord, I do pray that you would just put roadblocks in our path, Lord, and even frustrate us, Lord God, um, so that we will walk back in the path that you desire for us, Lord. 
Father, most of all, Lord, I just pray for yieldedness in us, Lord, um, that we would not choose our own way, that we would just yield to your plan for us, that we'd not lose sight of good planning and insight, um, but that you would allow us to get the things done that we need to get done, Lord, but that you would, this week, the rest of this month, the rest of our lives, Lord God, that we would just have holy and divine interruptions, Lord, that would um, give us opportunity to minister, Lord, in the smallest of ways. And Lord, we know that you're going to uh, take care of everything else as we give you the best part of everything that our land produces, Lord. Um, The best part of us is our worship, as our holy offering, Lord. And I just... um, Ask for your blessing on that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.